The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Rocky Romero of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to the Super J Cast. Woo! Asuka. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm John Lopan, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, how's it going? Very snowy over where you are right here? Yeah, weather is, as they say in the weather business, shitty. It's shitty outside, Joel, here in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, we got popped with some snow. A lot of snow. Decent amount of snow. And we hadn't had a lot of snow in, in a couple of winters. But yeah, we got rocked. It snowed for two or three days. I'm constantly shoveling. My back hurts. My knees hurt. But you know what, Joe? My heart doesn't hurt. You know why? There's a lot of laps. We've, we've done a lot of practicing. <laughs> we've, we, we've trained long and hard. We've done many laps, many laps, specific laps. You know, we're very focused on the laps that we take. The laps that we take are only, what are they only, Joe? They're only, come on. Victory laps. We need, we need a stinger for that. <laughs> Ark asks us, how good does the pastrami taste? I, I'm, We've got problems, Damon, because we're running out of space in the Super J cast was right folder. Yeah. You know, there's so many things in there. And if you're not following us on Twitter, you know, and, and not paying attention to the little morsels that I'm dropping out there, then you're a fool, quite frankly speaking. Yeah. And there are people that they have uh, reading comprehension issues as well. Um and also, it would be a good idea that if you do follow us on Twitter, like we do follow up things here, right? We're not constantly tweeting, like, tweet, tweet, tweet. We, uh, we do a show. So uh, a lot of the explanation and the connecting of the dots and all that fun stuff, and we explain ourselves a little bit more, and we explain the information that we got, uh, is done right here. But here's the thing. The people that listen, the people that are listening to this, already know. They're already the smartest people in the room. They're already, they know, they, they, if you know, you know, right? Is, is that what the kids say? Well, guess what? Everyone listening and everyone downloading from uh, new fans, from old fans, uh, to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, worker. I mean, we, look, look at our, we, it's not hard. It's not hard to, to fall in love with us. <laughs> not, not hard at all. Love starting off with a circle jerk. It's just my, my favorite kind of show. Me too. And honestly, right, you know, I, I workshop these tweets with you. And a couple of times I had to say to you, you know, is this too obvious? Am I going to get in trouble with this one? And they're like, no, no, go for it. And then there's like two people who end up getting it. So <laughs> I, I think I'm safe from getting stuff plastered all over Reddit. 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's when, like, the Jay White thing, I just I was just amazed how that just blew blew up. And I'm good. And I'm glad it did. Um, but it's then you get all those, you know, fringe, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how, like, saying something like it's 50-50 whether or not he stays suddenly becomes... Oh, these guys said he's definitely going to WWE. Right. Mm. Nah, nah, right. Nah. Or my my favorite is 50-50, that's just like life. I was like, 50-50 leaving or going, boy, that's just okay. That that's a stretch for yeah, everyday human beings, a 50-50 odds. Sure, great. But a guy who is we all thought was hanging around for a while and maybe wasn't, you know, or, or a contract has it expired, you know, that seven year contract. Elbow in the ribs. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe when that seven year got done a little quicker than expected, uh, those 50 50 odds mean a little more. Means a little something. You fucks. You fucking idiots. So, obviously, uh, a lot of news this week. A lot of things have been going down and has led to a lot of speculation about the dreaded forbidden door, Damon. Mm. And we need a jingle for that. Shall I make a jingle for the forbidden Please, door? Please, on the spot. Yes. Um, no, don't open it! <laughs> da, 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 da. The Forbidden Door. How's that? That was fucking amazing! Holy shit! I didn't expect that. I didn't expect how great that was gonna be. That knocked me, that knocked my pants off. That was great. <laughs> I sounded like I was like a like a twenty, uh, a nineteen twenties actress. That knocked my socks off. <laughs> I'm pretty good, aren't I? Character actor. Uh, that was great, Joel. Yes, the Forbidden Door. Uh, talk to yeah. me about the fit in, Forbidden Door. Lots of All news right. to uh, get to on we'll the Forbidden Door. <sighs> okay, Sizzleby says, what's you guys take on the Twitter stuff between Ibushi and Omega that uh, Taron Carl Anderson got involved in? What's your odds the beef between Bullet Club and AEW Bullet Club is a big work? Manny Boy says, are you all fans of the AEW Bullet Club and NJPW Bullet Club banter? Do you know if what Meltzer said is true <coughs> about the uh, quote, the forbidden door might be a little bit open because Kota is talking about Omega and Mox is working strong. So a lot of people are picking up on these individual events and connecting dots, or they think they're connecting dots, and thinking, oh, things things are changing now. The forbidden door is opening. Mm. Damon, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I would say that there's a common denominator and a common thread throughout all of that, and that is every one of those people that you mentioned have a slight agenda, a slight agenda. Uh, you have people that might need a little extra work and might want to come over to Japan and, I don't know, tag tournaments, G1s, etc. Uh you have other people who just like to stir the pot. You have other people who... I mean, let, let's be specific here, Damon. Okay, okay. so, um, you know, Ibushi and Kenny Omega. So a lot of people were surprised about Ibushi talking uh, about working with Omega in the future, albeit indirectly, you know, in a kind of uh, cryptic way. Sure. And that surely would be someone trying to drum up interest in their upcoming matches because he has seen how... Other people use his name and reference him constantly, and that gets people talking and people watching matches involving other parties. So, 
if he's sensible, then he's going to do the same thing. Sure. You know, if he, he throws out a Kenny reference, then maybe you get some casual fans watching his upcoming match with Sanada. So he has got a vested interest in doing something like that and, you know, getting involved in that game to get more people watching his title match, correct? Right. And it's and, and I would dare to say that many people who are fans of of Kenny Omega are also fans of Kota Ibushi, right? I feel like there is a there's definite synergy there. Uh, so not to say that Kota Ibushi is forgotten in in the eyes of Kenny Omega fans, and I can't speak for Kenny Omega fans, but uh, yeah, Kota's just, you know, he's, he's, you know, stirring that pot a little bit, so to speak, just to remind people that, hey, I'm over here if you want to check me out, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad idea. Now, of course, it does lead to speculation, and uh, obviously there's going to be a working relationship. No. Right. Wrestlers. I mean, yeah. I would love to see Kenny versus Ibushi. That's one, yes. one of my favorite feuds as a wrestling fan. If that happened at Wrestle Kingdom, fucking sign me up. I, I would I'd be over the moon. Yes. But... That can happen in Japan without there being any involvement from AEW. I'm, I'm sure Kenny Omega is sitting by the phone waiting for that call. You know, he was expecting to be involved in G1 uh, 2019 and he wasn't. 2020, he wasn't, you know. So he, he wants to be involved in that stuff and that doesn't require AEW to give their blessing, does it? Well, to us, I mean... It, it, let's put it this way. I think AEW. Well, okay, no, let me rephrase that then. Okay. So they could they could have Kenny versus Ibushi for Wrestle Kingdom without then having to agree to you know Dark Order in World Tag League or, or Jungle Boy and Best of the Super Juniors. From an AEW perspective, of yes, yes, yeah. I don't think again the issue isn't with you know. Uh, I say it a thousand times. New Japan works with AEW talent. All the time, we've we've not to let the cat out of the bag, but we, we've we're going to talk about one in a, in a few moments, uh, and in the past, f- there is a, a a reason that Kenneth has not been brought back. There is now is it could could the snow be melting on that? Yes, as with any relationship, and how long? I, have- I would say this though, you know, I'm. Um- Based on my, my in-depth knowledge of Japanese business as a, a watcher of hit TV drama Hanzawa Naoki, uh, a Japanese businessmen or Japanese businesses tend to hold grudges. Yeah. So uh, they you get my understanding is that you know the people at the top Kidani Sugabashi they still they don't trust the elite they don't trust AEW they're still pissed off about how that all went down. So unless there is a, a change at the top. And Kidani and Tsukabashi are replaced by someone else. I, I think I think that is the big sticking point here. Yeah, and I think a lot of people pointed the finger at Harold, you know, in all this. And now that Harold is gone, um, you know, a, a change of, of philosophy will surely be in place. And I don't know if that's the case. Um, again, in any relationship. Is there a point where it's, oh, you fucked me over, fuck you, I'm never talking to you again? Yes, of course there is. And, it, you know, can that relationship be repaired? Yes. Um, and again, we threw out a generalization about Japanese business, but, I mean, I think it, I think there's some truth. Not, not even some, I think there is truth to that. 
So yeah, well, I, I was I was being um, facetious there. That was very much right. tongue in cheek. But but I mean, we know that there is animosity there, and, and that's not to say that it's never ever ever going to happen. You know, it might happen. Stranger things have happened. But I mean, also, Damon, I can't see this year of all years being the time where okay, yeah, let's pull the plug on the the this partnership in the middle of a global pandemic where, you know, we don't know which wrestlers are coming and going. Um, international flight is on its knees. We've got quarantines. We've got, you know, people who don't, who can't turn up to wrestling shows or won't turn up to wrestling shows and we're working in empty arenas. Why would you start now, of all times, getting that partnership going? I mean, if anything, it would be in a post-COVID world. And who knows if there's going to be a post-COVID world, you know? I just think to, to be expecting it to happen now is just pie in the sky to me right there's a big difference between the the the, you know this happening a year ago as opposed to this happening a month from now like the logistics are a little tough could it i mean could it happen you know logistically i mean anything could happen i just i don't know like joel if if that's going to happen if that's going to happen, don't you think that 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 happens later when, if and when, you can put forty thousand people in a dome? Right. Right. If you if you did it now, you'd be leaving money on the table. Right. Right. I hate doing this, but give give me the odds just to just to just to, to spell it out to some of the people, some of the some of the less intelligent listeners. <laughs> No, I, know. I, I, I get it. I can understand why people are coming to these conclusions. Like, you know, you see Tony Khan putting NJPW Global tweets in his AEW ads, but you, you've got to understand, like you said about agendas, that when he does that, people, New Japan fans or casual fans get excited and they think something's happening, so they're more likely to be watching Dynamite or Impact or, you know, wherever this stuff is going down. So just understand that when people are making these little cryptic hints and references or whatever... They're doing it to get more people watching their product. Them. It's right. not indicative that there's a partnership in place. It's just people, it's wrestlers and wrestling promoters doing wrestling business. This is as old as time itself. Right. Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows will, I don't care where they are, I don't care what they do, they will constantly refer to the age when they were the most popular. And in the most popular, like the the hottest that they have ever been was being IWGP tag team champions in Bullet Club. And forever they will milk that cow until there is no more milk. Right? Please, please understand that. That is, they are still trotting out Bullet Club t-shirts to this day. So, and, and, and why? Because they continue to sell. I remember a person asking me, when do you think Bullet Club will finally break up and there'll be no more Bullet Club? I'd be like, when they sell no more fucking merch. When they don't sell any more t-shirts, that's when Bullet Club ends. And that hasn't happened yet. Shockingly. That hasn't happened yet. People still too sweet till the fucking sun comes up. And they're going to milk that. They're going to milk that fucking cow until it is dry. So you asked me for percentage odds. What percentage odds that there is a, a working deal in place between New Japan and AEW this year, in 2021? 2021. 3%. 3%. You? That's not very high. 
That's less than 5%, Joel. I was going to go 5 and then I reduced it. And look, I, I, let me preface this. I, it's not saying I don't want it. I think right. it would be really exciting. And I would. there are a lot of uh, AEW guys that I'm a fan of and I would love to see them mixed up with New Japan guys. So this is not me like, oh, I hate AEW, I don't want to see them in my New Japan because I can see that both in terms of like the creative product, like the in-ring stuff, there'd be a lot to be excited about and also for business. You know, yes. it's going to be good for everyone. So this is not me saying 3% because I hate the idea of it it's just all the reasons we've laid out I just don't think it's going to happen this year at least you know maybe in a few years later when the Covid situation is a bit better and old wounds have had time to heal who knows you know it would be exciting if it did I'm not against the idea but this year can't see it I'm in full agreement with your last statement in the sense of it would be good for creative there's a lot of talented people on that roster that I would have absolutely no problem seeing in a New Japan ring. Um, and that includes Kenny Omega, top of the list. Um, I think for business, I think if I think it's going to be crucial for New Japan if they were interested in selling out a Madison Square Garden. or a, Again, we talked about it on, on John Carroll's show, but Wrestling Omakase. Uh the idea of New Japan walking into Madison Square Garden in 2021 or even 2022 right now seems ludicrous. Seems ludicrous. But New Japan walking in on a joint AEW show, that thing sells out in 10 minutes. That thing sells out in fucking 10 minutes. There's a lot of business benefits, trust me, um, to, a, to a partnership. And I'll go so far as to say that eventually there will be something. It won't happen now, though. That's for sure. So, yeah, one of these big smoking guns was, of course, uh, seeing John Moxley appearing on New Japan Strong to accept Kenta's challenge. Kenta, the briefcase holder for the uh, IWGP US Championship match contract. So they are going to go at it in Strong in a few weeks' time. So Infinity asks, who or what do you think New Japan offered to AEW as an exchange for booking John Moxley in the US? I know the New Beginning show will be recorded in an empty warehouse, but still, AEW must be asking for something or someone in return. Any opinion on that and why now? Huh. Um, I don't know if there was a a, uh, a quid pro quo. That's that's the that's what I want to say, right? A, uh, a this for that, a tit for tat, as we uh, jokingly like to say. Uh... Because I said tit. Um, the I don't I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, I I mean it's not like I could pick up the phone and say, hey Tony, what is when Jano doing a tour for AEW? Yeah, uh, and, and of course when any contracts were written up, there was no provisions about global pandemics and uh, shows being recorded behind closed doors. You know, so. Um, do you think it's likely that there was some sort of concession from Tony Khan? Maybe, you know, maybe maybe a bit of nagging from John Moxley saying, you know, come on, Tony, let, just let yeah. me do it. It's 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 an empty arena show. It's only on New Japan World. It's, you know, this is not they're not selling tickets in the states or anything. Just let right. me do this match, and he's like, okay, fine. Yeah, I think that's I, honestly, I think that's exactly how it in my head. That's how it would would have gone down, right? There's not a fan in the building. There's no money to be made per se. Um, uh, maybe. Well, you say that, but New Japan are selling commemorative T-shirts for the well, match, so they are they are doing their best to, as you say, milk that cow. Right. I bet Tony Khan is seeing the T-shirt, and be like, "What the fuck?" 
<laughs> I saw that. They, I mean, they churned that motherfucker right out, right? <laughs> there, there was, there are some people working overtime <laughs> designing that shirt and getting it into the shops. Yep, getting it online. Yep, yep. I can see, I can see some fingers typing away right now. Um, the, 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 the well, they're going to make some money off of it, but again. Ticket sales and 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 maybe 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 some additional uh, world subscriptions for a month, but that's about it, right? I mean, we're talking nickel and dimes, nickel and dimes. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it was John who you know, probably went to, to Tony Khan and said, "Look." I got this fucking title still. <laughs> I got to do something with it. There, you know, there's a little pressure on the other side. Can I do this? And he was cool. I, people love to to pick holes in Tony Khan's game, but I mean, full them aside, <laughs> uh, the guy's a pro wrestling fan. You know, he's he's that to the core. So they're they're. There is a little bit of like if there's concessions to be made, I think uh, you know business aside, you know business concerns aside, as as we've seen through the year, you know, Tony Khan's might might default to being all right, you know, do it because he's a pro wrestling fan. Um, so you know he's going to get like a little cheeky Kenta run in on Dynamite then. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if that if something like that were to happen, that would be that would be uh I think our, our world would start to change. Not real it wouldn't change, it would just magnify with intense partnership AEW stuff. Um logistically, that's easier to pull off than Kenny Omega. Let's put it that way. Like like Kenta doing a run in on Dynamite is a lot easier logistically. Than Kenny, so if we well, were no, no, I can't say like what what's what would that how would that benefit AEW if it's Kenta doing a run in to promote a match that's only available in New Japan World you know that this is where we get into the the slippery slope territory where you know you're thinking you know what is X company getting out of this and you start to get into the nitty gritty of it where it just it gets a bit too complicated for my little brain to process right but you figure okay look you figure Kenta is winning. You know, he's getting the, we're getting the title off John Moxley is is the end goal here, right? Could they do a rematch on, well, on an AEW well, show? I was going to ask. Louis says I don't know details about Moxley's AEW contract and his ability to cross brands, but how long can we expect him to stick around New Japan this time around? I really love to see a Suzuki rematch. So, do you think he drops the belt and we won't be seeing him for a while on in a New Japan ring? Yeah, I do, but that doesn't mean what is what's your definition of a while? Because I'm sure they could bring him back, you know, if things are different come January 4th and 5th. He could absolutely be brought back for a, a world or a, a, a Wrestle Kingdom or even a World Tag League or even a G1. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think what we're doing here is we're finally getting the, that U.S. title off of uh, a guy who can't defend it in the United States. Sean asks, when Kenta loses to Moxley, okay, so Sean's assuming that's a given, will it be Chase, Tom Lawler, or someone else to challenge next? Do you see Team Filthy from MLW coming over to merge with the New Japan side? 
If you do watch MLW, do you think they could be taken over by New Japan or AEW as a means of gaining more talent and potential exposure to the North American market? Leo Rush and Jacob Fatu would be nice for NJPW. I can't talk about MLW. I don't watch it. I don't know anything about it. But uh, there are certainly a number of interesting challenges on Strong that you could have for Kenta to spice up that uh, weekly show. I mean that's that that's your focal uh, your your focal title at that point, right? I mean then anybody on that roster would be a logical challenger, or you can be made into a logical challenger. And now you have you know a purpose as opposed to we're just we're doing nine thousand tournaments and we have a title now and we can defend it and we can have matches and programs and build for this title and and have that U.S. title be. What I believe was the original purpose, right? We have a, t- a, a New Japan Pro Wrestling title that can be defended in the United States frequently. Um, so any one of those names. Now, MLW, I, I mean, again, I don't know if New Japan is interested right now in locking in people to two-year deals um, in any case, right? I, I just don't think they had the financial wherewithal. Now, per 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 match, per show, um, the, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of guys get work on strong. And, and it could be that type of situation for the foreseeable future. But we're not hearing anything of guys getting locked down to, to, to long-term contracts. Certainly not a seven-year contract uh, in any case whether it be from MLW, whether it be anywhere. It's, you know, strong seems to me like a per-show basis. All right, well, that brings us on to the episode of New Japan Strong that took place uh, on Friday, January 29th. So we open up with Clark Connors defeating the DKC in 7 minutes, 22 seconds with a Boston Crab. And we've got a DKC, he's now wearing the Young Lion gear. He's been accepted into the LA Dojo. No shaved head yet. He's still retaining some of his original moveset. So it's not like a, a full uh, dojo recruitment as we would uh, expect in Japan. But I do a little touch. I like how the commentary team got over how effective Clark Connor's Boston Crab is. And people are tapping out to it immediately. So they did a really good job with that. And continue to be impressed by Clark Connors. I hope we get to see him do something this year. Our second match was Chris Dickinson defeating Rocky Romero in 9 minutes 53 seconds with STF, a match that I and a lot of people were really looking forward to. We had a really interesting knee versus arm match, nice technical grappling, great escalation in intensity at the end, and it's always a treat to see Rocky work in those serious singles matches. And, and these strong matches, they you know they never outstay their welcome, and great passionate promo from Dickinson afterwards. Again, we... we Every week we talk about what a great fit he is in New Japan. So more of that, please, and I will continue to watch and enjoy. And then main event, we had Leo Rush, TJP, and Fred Rosser defeating Hikaleo, El Fantasma, and Kenta in 11 minutes 54. It was Leo Rush getting the roll-up on ELP. So, again, I just like that we're getting more continuity now with Strong and feeling like we're watching... uh, a, a, an actual feud with just little touches like Fred Rosser was going after Hikaleo before the bell. Um, I thought it was really great to see Leo rush back. I hope we get to see more from him. Him and Kenta going at it together is very fun to watch. And also him versus Hikoleo, seeing like, you know, the big versus little guy. Hikoleo, for his part, he's definitely improving. He's filling out a bit. He's learning to carry himself like a monster. Uh, ELP continuing his babyface turn by beating up TJP. And uh, I just thought the whole match was well structured to build to the big 
Fred Ross a hot tag as the powerhouse of the babyface team at the end. And you know, as always with the show, it's it's nothing mind blowing. It's just it's simple pro wrestling by uh, talented professionals executed really well and right. I thought the closing stretch between ELP and Leo Rush was very good I, I'm looking forward to seeing their rematch because whilst I, I did like their Super J Cup match I know they have a, a better one in them Do we lose you there? No I'm still here oh, oh, I, I, <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought you might interject no. <laughs> uh, I'll go on then So I, I just think with the, the Mox appearance at the end I would call this one of uh, if not the best episode of Strong they hyped it really well. They knew there would be a lot of eyeballs on it. They put the best foot forward here. So uh, if you missed it, I do recommend people check out the whole episode because uh, top to bottom, it was really good stuff. And yeah. we've got more good stuff coming uh, this week. Let me just find the card. So this will be the show coming up on Friday, February 5th. We've got Kevin Knight versus the DKCs. Kevin Knight, again, very exciting prospect. Eight-man tag, Jordan Clearwater, Adrian Quest, Mysterioso and Bateman against... The Regal Twins, Barrett Brown and Brody King. And then main event is Ray Horace returning to face Ooh. TJP in a singles match. Okay, nice. Yeah, like I said, it does seem like a nice little stopping ground for people to get work. I think the only thing that's missing is that, I don't know. And again, Kevin Kelly kind of mentioned it when we were talking with him uh, on our Wrestle Kingdom preview show. Um, that that episodicness, I just made up a word. Um, of the television shows, we we're starting to get more and more of that, more and more of programs and and individuals being paired off with other, you know, individuals to kind of make you want to tune in next week over and above decent, good pro wrestling. Right? That's like if we could kind of find a way to make that happen to to have angles that kind of continue on week to week to week to week uh, with a little bit more of there, I, I don't want to say storyline, but again, I hate to, to be the old guy here, but get a little bit more of a territory feel because you have that ability to do so. That would be awesome. That would kind of put Strong over the top for me to make that um, seriously in that must-watch category every week. Uh, must-see TV. But um, right now, they're, they're, they're clicking when it comes to delivering good solid quick nothing you know outstays its welcome uh pro wrestling show um with with throwing in some pretty spicy angles right we just got to find a way to get that con- continuation um and then strong will be a home run another little tidbit here was Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 4 and 5 on 13th and 20th of February coming up uh, a few matches that have a sort of tangential New Japan interest. Chris Dickinson versus Jeff Cobb, which I'm really excited about that wow. one. Simon Grimm against Filthy Tom Lawler and J.R. Kratos against Alex Coglin, who we haven't seen for a while. So, oh. um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing those three. Tell me where that's at. That, is that in Atlantic City? I don't know. I did not write the uh, venue in my notes. I'm going to try and Google and talk at the same time. How about that? I'm going to give that a shout it's not easy, Damon. I'm going to tell you from experience. <laughs> that sort of multitasking is uh, harder than it looks. All right, let's see here. Uh, Bloodsport, uh, February. I'll put for my search. Fourth uh, of this set for February. All uh, right. According to Wrestling Observer, Figure Four Online. There's a plug for you. Not Los Angeles, Joel. Not Los Angeles. 
Oh, excuse me, not Atlantic City. Boo. Uh, it is Los Angeles. Undisclosed location in Los Angeles, California. Boo. Why did I think it was in Atlantic City? Uh, what? I don't know. I don't know why I thought Atlantic City. I got excited. Because I, I thought of all places, Atlantic City. Why Why would it? I mean, that's like an hour away from me. I could, I could go there. See, uh... See uh, Tom Lawler and see uh, Jeff Cobb and <sighs> everyone else. But lo and behold, undisclosed location in Los Angeles. I've just had a, an idea. What they should do is uh, a tournament, like Mortal Kombat, do a tournament on an island in an undisclosed location, mm-hmm. an eight-man tournament of uh, cinematic matches. I'll be up for that. Whichever right. promotion hears this, you, you can have that idea for free, and I'll watch it. I got so basically, idea. like Mortal Kombat, but wrestling. Why don't we have a house, and it could be fun, right? We'll call it the fun house. And then you have matches in it, and then you get the late people on fire, and... That'd be cool, right? I don't. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with references for it. Right? Sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, you want to say? I I'm trying to come up with references for it, and like not watching it, and just not even knowing what it like all of it. Was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I don't even know what it is. My joke going nowhere. All right, what else we got, Joel? We got plenty to uh, take a victory lap on. The, the return of Switchblade Jay White, uh-huh. who popped up at. One of these Road to New Beginning shows in Quarakon Hall. 50-50, man! 50-50! <laughs> Seven-year deal. Uh, he attacked Tomohiro Ishii. He cut a very passionate promo backstage. And he and the Gorillas of Destiny have challenged Chaos for those six-man title belts. And they've had a mad- match added to the New Beginning in Hiroshima Night 2. Which we will preview later. So we'll talk about that match later. But sticking with the return of Jay himself. So Matthew says, I understand the impact of having Jay return just after the Rumble but do you think they brought him back too soon? I'm relieved and happy to see him. I see the slow build of the story with Ishii but during your run of the mill six man, maybe that was more shocking. Uh, Samuel says, is it the most troll Jay thing to deliver the promo of his career tease a sabbatical only to come back four weeks later in front of 500 people or am I just frustrated because I was skipping the Okada Evil matches and spoiled the surprise? So, what are your thoughts on the J return and the execution of it? I thought it was well done. I mean, it makes sense. If you listen to his uh, post-match promo, he uh, mentions the G1 and where everything he had all his ducks in a row. And the guy who fucked everything up was Tomohiro Ishii. Um, and then, later, while he was uh, a little bit uh, distracted and a little bit saddened and a little bit down on himself post Wrestle Kingdom at Dash. It was the same Tomohiro Ishii uh, putting away Jay White. So uh, he comes back for a little revenge and he knows that's the starting point. If he wants to uh, get back into the scene, he's got to take care of Ishii first because that seems to be a roadblock on his way to success. Uh, so, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And we were kind of, cl- you know, we were kind of clued in to to make sure we watch those Corrigan shows. Uh, so, yeah, 
it was it was nice. I think everybody was nice and surprised. I think everybody uh, enjoyed to see him come back in the way that he did. I, I know people are kind of grumbling, like, why is he challenging for the meaningless number six man titles? Um, I don't know if I necessarily expect a, a win, you know, and a title change. I don't know if I necessarily expect that. It could happen. Who cares if it does? But, um, again, just focus on Jay White and Ishii being the first program where, again, Jay mentally needs to uh, get past that hurdle to move on in his life. Yeah, and in kayfabe-wise, there's no other titles to challenge for. All, all the others have got challenges lined up. So it would make total sense. Those belts are there. There aren't any contenders lined up, and he wants to get one over over Ishii. He's been a thorn in his side. So, yeah, again, to me, it made sense. I can I can understand why some people were a little bit underwhelmed by that the the just the the show that he returned or maybe they're expecting him to come back a, on a bigger show. Um, he's got to get back into the mix. Hmm. He's he's one of your bigger bigger stars. I mean, what, what, I mean you're gonna, I mean New Japan Cup's right around the corner, right? Yeah, maybe Castle Attack, but I think they wanted to get that six man title match on the New Beginning card. So if you want that that on the new beginning card then you know you, you've got to build to it so maybe now by uh, having him return then you might get more eyeballs on new beginning in Hiroshima Night 2 which was a, a pretty threadbare card as it was so at least right. it's added a bit of spice to that one so uh, G from LA says in hindsight do you believe the Jay White 50-50 story was real or info purposely given to you to help push the story I mean it depends who you are so you know we said that from the start we, we you know we talked to more than one person and uh, some people in the company were in serious doubt if they were worried that he was genuinely going to go to WWE other people were pretty confident it was a work from Jump Street the only thing that I will say with certainty is that this, you know the seven year deal thing was, was not true his contract was up but how certain it was that he was going to extend that again it depends who you talk to right and and the idea of the company using this show as a platform to help push that narrative. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the further this went along, there were elements of that occurring. Yes, we, we know that for a fact. We know some people that reached out to us were like, okay, yeah, a little sort of nudge and a wink. Okay, I, I see what's going on now. And like I said, I'm happy to do that. You know, I like being worked. Work us more, even though it was a, sort of like a, a knowing kind of unspoken, hey, can you, you know, tweet this out to help the story going? And I, I'm okay with that. It was a lot of fun. Right. But in the beginning, where w- w- the original issue that occurred, I it, there was there's no reason for people to tell us that. And the people that told us that, like there's no – they had no no ulterior motives. Like they wouldn't be – like like there, there's no ulterior motives to, to push that narrative to us in the beginning. There really right, is. And they, they really, could, the company could have done that without us. Right. You know, put, putting out all this stuff on the profile page about him maybe wanting to quit wrestling and all that stuff, that d- does not need the support of a shitty podcast to do that, quite frankly. Right. Right. But it, again, in the beginning, there was definite doubt. There was definite doubt. Um, again, whether that was unwarranted doubt, I can't answer. But from multiple factors, 
that was communicated to us. Um, and again, people can sit there and be like, oh, they're, they're just getting worked and they're just getting... I'm, I, I don't know how clearer I can make it. The, there, is, there, there is no driving factor of that being pushed to us, at least when in the beginning. Again, if later on we kind of moved on and, you know, even we were kind of like, all right, seems a little... <laughs> right, we, we got it, right? But in the beginning, it, it, trust me, it didn't start there. But it gravitated there, if that, if that makes any sense. I, I hate the fact that we have to fucking explain ourselves constantly. You know, I know. I our, our record speaks for itself, David. Right. We don't right. miss. We don't. Fuck. Why am I? Why are we explaining? Why? So you, ugh. Fuck off. All right, let's let's move on. Okay, take down Tony. Says, in your opinion. Is the slow burn Jay face turn still on or put on the back burner for a while? And Ben says, any chance we get a new finisher from Mr. Jay? I don't think there'll be a new finisher. I mean, he's been yeah. using the Blade Runner. He attacked Ishii with the Blade Runner. I don't know. Maybe if that's something you want to come to in the future, you know, tell that story that Ibushi being the person to kick out of it, blah, blah, blah. But as far as the face turn goes, I, you know, if they are still doing it, I want them to really take their time with it and let it simmer, let those flavors mingle in the crock pot. I'm starving. Do you have anything lingering on a crock pot anywhere? <laughs> I'm dying. Um, I, I think this, and I've said it repeatedly, this all, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen this week, doesn't have to happen this month, slow burn. I, we will see Jay White as a baby face. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. I would bet the house on that. Okay, so that brings us on to the new beginning in Nagoya, which was a show that took place in the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium on Saturday night. Um, commentary, first of all. We had El Fantasmo doing his 80s territory-style stuff with Kevin Kelly. Uh, this one's been quite controversial. I thought he was good. I thought he started off okay, and then he got better and better and better. By the end of the night, I was thinking, Wow. This guy should stay on commentary. I thought there were some genuinely funny one-liners there. Maybe a bit distracting in some of the Bullet Club matches. But when it came to the big matches on the show, I thought he did a very good job in, in putting over the match and yep. providing insight when he needed to. And I, I want more. I thought he was really, really good. I thought he was outstanding. And I'll tell you why. He knew when to pull back. Like a lot of the one-liners and and the goofy shit and the and the jabs and you know, my, my, again my favorite one was the the Tenru and he's like who? <laughs> that was nice, funny. Uh, I, I, that was seemed like it was earlier in the show, you know, and I, and I, and that's fine. That main event, I thought he was perfect working with Kevin Kelly. Like I thought they fed each fed off each other wonderfully. I thought they had incredible chemistry. Uh, and also, you know Kevin's directing traffic there, you know, yeah. the little hand signals and stuff to let him know when to lay off and when to come in. So, you know, Kevin Kelly's a professional, so I think a lot of that... Well, ELP did a fantastic job. I thought, you know, Kevin Kelly is the glue that's holding it all together. Yeah, yeah. But again, wonderful chemistry, wonderful uh, banter. Uh, they, they, you know, Kevin would set him up and... and ELP would fucking hit it out of the park. 
It's not. It's not. It's not an easy thing. I mean, I, I know people think it might be, but and and again, he's just being him at at that point. But it, it can it, look when it seems easy. That's that's when you know the person is solid and a good fit. When it seems easy and it seems smooth, that's 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 a good sign. Um, I'll tell you what. If I'm Gino Gambino, I'm sweating. <laughs> if I'm Chris Charlton, I'm sweating a little bit. That's uh, if I'm Rocky Romero, I'm, I'm sweating a little bit. You got you got you got you got an option. You definitely have an option on color commentary. That that's that is for certain. I've got to say that I'm I'm turning the corner on El Fantasma. I was not a fan at all to start with, but I think he's really grown into the role, the character. Uh, I think he's a lot of fun in tag matches, particularly just being uh, just an irredeemable shithead, but with kind of like a sort of playful side, like sort of a bit of a doofus where it's no one's cheering for him. No one is sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, come on, El Fantasma, I want you to win. And uh, when he ends up with egg on his face, like I thought it was really funny in some of these midweek Coracle shows when he was uh, in the elimination tag match and he was trying to do like the funny like Royal Rumble style oh my feet didn't touch the floor and then the referee's just like nah get out of here you're out and stuff like oh he's gonna go on commentary and Ghetto's in the submission movies oh no he's gonna get to the rope oh shit no he's not and then (laughs) Ghetto taps out as ELP's trying to run to save him in time Uh, I just yeah I'm starting to enjoy and appreciate his work more I think he's becoming um quite an asset to the company is your fandom of elp in direct correlation with his fandom of this show can i ask <laughs> no he hates us damon he's burying us on twitter he's calling us marks um which you know i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> <laughs> did he call us i thought he liked this he was scrolling through his feed no no did you not see there was the music track playing at the bottom by marks that's that's it and, and i appreciate the, <laughs> the effort he went to do that little gag but no oh, he was burying us damon Oh, what did, what did he say? I didn't hear. What? There's a lot of. Uh, it, I thought he was. I thought all those were in his feed. In his no, pump. no, he, no. It's a, he, there was a little music track playing at the bottom that said "Marks." Ah, Marks. Ah, that sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's good. He's, he should hate us. <laughs> he should be Wait, carrying so, us. <laughs> so by him hating us, he actually likes us. That's what it is. Or he's just. Uh, he's he's. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I mean, you know, it's nothing nasty. I, I, I think it's a kind of like a playful, amusing heel character that I'm just I'm I'm enjoying him more. Let's just yeah. say that. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I want to see him month in month out in junior heavyweight title main events. Right. I don't want that. <laughs> but seeing him in uh, junior tag title matches and, and multi man tag team matches, I think he's a lot of fun. No. I guess I didn't have my sound up when I when I uh, when I heard that. Oh well. Well, that's disappointing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. I think it's great. No. no. All right. I wanted to take the piss out of us. You should do. It hurt my feelings. Oh, come on. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's go. But he follows us, right? He follows us, right? Yeah, he does. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. That's something. I mean, we're a bunch of marks. <laughs> yeah, we're marks. Um, okay, so. 
Look, first match was Yano and Okada defeating Yujiro and Evils. Second match was Wato, Sho, Honma, Ibushi, Bushi, Hiromu, uh, defeating Bushi, Hiromu, Naito, and Sanada. I, I've got nothing to say about these matches unless you've got some burning hot takes. We'll go straight on to Tenzan and Okan. Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, these were matches that were to set up programs in the future. We all know who's pairing with who. That, that, <laughs> yeah. I have one sentence here in my notes about the first two matches, and it says, Honma looks like he's been cryogenically thawed seconds before the match begins. So there you go. There's, there's your analysis for match one or two. Uh, okay, so third match then was uh, the Great Okan defeating Hiroyoshi Tenzan in 12 minutes, 45 seconds with the Eliminator. So now Hiroyoshi Tenzan cannot use the Mongolian chop from now on. Uh, I thought they did a, a great job with the build to this match. Um, you know, Tomiyuki Oka against Tenzan fighting over the Mongolian chop wasn't something... Uh, that I expected to be New Japan's hottest feud in 2021, but here we are. Uh, that Okan entrance is fast becoming one of my favourites in the company. He, he was wearing new gear. Um, you know, this was never going to be a work rate classic. So the emotion, the facial expressions, the, the selling and psychology have to carry it. And they did exactly that. I, I think Okan has got all that down pat. And you have to get that stuff right. This is the, the meat and potatoes of the match and and of pro wrestling like before you can start doing the fancy shit that's going to get casuals throwing snowflakes about you've got to get this stuff right and and okan is nailing it um you know tenzan gets his annual good match he's even busting out the moonsault i thought the finish was great where okan used the tenzan tombstone driver to try and finish the match and that pissed off tenzan stung his prize you know he's stealing another one of my moves he he kicked out he was about to fire back but i just love that the comeback was stopped Dead in its tracks by the the eliminator choke slam move at the end, and you know you got that little burst of hope, and then it was just snuffed out immediately. And it really played with the the babyface comeback trope nicely. And in this match, there was no back and forth. There was no real danger of Okan winning. It was him going out there, putting away the old guy uh, in a strong, comprehensive win. Exactly what it should have been. Nice little beat down and, and shit talking at the end for good measure. And I like Tenzan afterwards going, "Oh shit, motherfucker," <laughs> which was really funny. And uh, for, for Tenzan's side, you think he's not going to go on wrestling much longer now that he's lost the Mongolian chop. So I expect to see some retirement announcement soon, maybe a retirement tag match or something down the line. And Okan, right? A lot of people, Damon, notable people, and I'm not going to name names, they, they seem um, unimpressed by Okan so far. Mm. But if you're telling me he has no charisma, which certain people have said, that's. You know that's that silly talk. I, I disagree right. in the strongest possible terms with that because to me he he oozes charisma, right? You know the promos are great. He works the crowd like a, a seasoned veteran. He's he's a menacing physical presence. So you know if your starting point is he's got no charisma, then I, you know I don't really know where to start with that because you know we must be watching different wrestlers here. In terms of the match quality, some people are still on the fence, and I get it. Right, his matches have been good but not great, but he hasn't been put in that spot to have a killer match yet right we're not there yet it is coming but you know even when he's paired off with top names like Okada or Tanahashi it's been third or fourth from the top you know 10 or 15 minutes and and that's all deliberate he could absolutely be doing the work rate main event style matches that certain people love if that was the intention but but it isn't they're putting him in deliberate specific spots to establish the character Give him the experience working big shows with big names. And look, I think his matches are really good. Okay, I, I thought the Tanahashi match at Reskin was very good. But now we know that they're going to have a rematch for that Never title. And they're going to have a better match right, for that title. It's probably going to be a semi-main or a main event. Okada's probably going to win. And that thought should be exciting because it excites me, Damon. I don't... Like, it's... 
the great Okan people. Like the 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 gimmick doesn't warrant a a you know a work rate classic main event style. He's going to be a a brawler for the most part. Uh, he's not going to be this. He's he's not going to be uh, the your classic hold for hold counter hold kind of guy. You're not going to get Zack Saber Jr. with this guy. I, I'm kind of blown away by by that. Okay, so there's that. Two. Um, in ring, you know, World Tag League. It was really, he's starting in New Japan rings. Yes, he did Rev Pro, but let's, you know, he's he's kind of we're, we're kind of in 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 the early stages here, aren't we? Like, give the guy a break. It's it it, it you you see great potential. That's what you're hanging your hat on: great potential and growth. And he's put in big spots with with big time names in singles matches. Um, he's in the ring with a legend who has the mind for the pro wrestling, but maybe doesn't have the physical skills that he once had before. And let's give a shout out to Tenzon. That guy laid it all on the fucking line. They asked him to go 10, 12, whatever minutes it was in a singles match. And he threw out all the stops that he possibly could. The fact that that motherfucker climbed the ropes and gave you a moonsault, everyone should be standing and applauding that man. Because uh, he didn't have to fucking do that. And he did it. And I thought the match was good. Again, were there plenty of fucking bells and whistles thrown in to kind of get him through and, and kill time? And yes, of course. Of course. And does Okan work a style that, again, might not be that physically demanding in the sense that you're not getting, you know, Shingo in there? Oh, yes, of course. But it's different. It's it's You can't have everybody on a goddamn wrestling show be the same carbon copy wrestler. He is different. You got something different. Is it everyone's cup of tea? Okay, uh, uh, maybe not. Is it, the, is it the greatest thing on earth? No, of course not. But for what it is, I think, and where it is, I think we're we're head and shoulders above where we could be. And I'm looking at Master Watto, right? <laughs> I mean, compare the two. It's night and day. The guy's in, in arguably the hottest faction, getting the most heat in a match that arguably had, you know, the heat that was comparable to others on the show or the t- at the top of the show. And I thought he did well. And again, Tenzon in there helping keep things, keeping the, the, the sweater from unraveling. Physically, maybe not as sharp as he once was, but gave everything he had to the match. Couldn't ask for anything more. Bash says uh, during the Okan match, ELP on commentary kept referring to him by his young lion name and Kevin didn't. Has this happened before when someone has come in with a new gimmick? Or do you think it was just because ELP knew him in RevPro personally and just decided to call him by his young lion name? Even though he was a great Okan in RevPro also. It just seemed a little odd to me. Uh, I think that's just you know ELP being a heel by 
using his young lion name rather than his uh, more self-aggrandizing Great Okan title. I didn't read anything more into that. Yep, yeah, agree. And Mike says, when will the Great Okan start selling anime tit merch? This is hey. it. This is the biggest story. The biggest feud in New Japan at the moment is the uh, anime titty girl fan art battles between we've got Great Okan, we've got ELP, we've got Okada. There's a, a lot going on and so much so <laughs> I was I was and am tempted to throw our hat into the ring, Damon. I want it. I told you I want those t-shirts. <laughs> I want me with the biggest, juiciest cans uh, that, that that an artist can create. Um, listen, Would you wear I that sat- in public? Yeah, I'd wear it to your okay, wedding. So, <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom 16, wherever, you know, the next big wrestling show that we go to, we're both wearing a t-shirt with a design of us as yeah. anime girls with massive tears. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I'm wearing it to Cheryl's mom's funeral. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, job I'm gonna, interviews. I'm going I'm, I'm to carry the casket with that fucking t-shirt on. <laughs> In the hobby... It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, we, have we, have we lost it at this point? <laughs> we we had it, David. Uh, all right, fourth match was a no disqualifications match with Will Ospreay defeating Satoshi Kojima in 16 minutes, 57 seconds with a Stormbreaker. So here we are. This is an NJPW deathmatch division. Um, I mean, I wonder how many people were thinking that the KOPW thing was going to be like this. Right. Uh, <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, throughout this match, Osprey was playing up to the crowd something rotten here, but him being uh, an annoying, corny heel is way better than him being an annoying, corny face. Like, even though the goofy overselling works better with him as a heel, too, because he's just an inherently hateable man. And I thought there were just great heel face dynamics in both both matches with the, the prickish, uh, cocky young heels and the, the pissed off, disrespected veterans. And uh, to be honest, the, the no disqualifications match is not my favourite kind of match. But in this contest, the big spots were, were sufficiently impactful. They looked nasty, like the hip toss onto the chair, the power bomb through the table. And I like the way that the weapons were used to augment their regular moveset, like the, the elbow drop onto the chair or the hidden blade into the chair, rather than just being a complete plunder spot fest. And, and again, uh, another... Osprey singles match where um, he's cut right down on the high flying moves. He's he's not doing it anymore. He is adapting his style, and I applaud him for it. Uh, I, Kojima not taking the count out victory was a nice touch. Like you know, the grudge got so deep for him that it it wasn't enough for him to win that way. And I also really enjoyed the way that the strongest arm was used as the tide turner for Kojima. He used it to put Osprey through the ladder from the apron. So. Osprey knew that the Lariat was the biggest danger in the match and he tried to avoid it and take it out with kicks. But he took his eye off the ball and he ate the Lariat counter to the, the back of the head with the Oz cutter. That was great. And and it helped put over Kojima and his Lariat as Osprey was dodging it like it was death towards the end of the match because he learned how dangerous it was. And then he used his skill and his cunning to use his own weapon, the, the hidden blade, to win the match. So really cool touch that despite all the ladders and chairs and tables, guitars, whatever, the most dangerous weapons were the Lariat and the Hidden Blade. Um, you know, there were some things that I thought were a bit off and annoyed me, but I, I don't think it's the place to hyperanalyze selling and things like that. You know, I turned my brain off to some extent, had a good time watching this, and I thought they did well to put on a Kojima versus Osprey contest that was uh, recognizable as a wrestling match between the two men with their regular moves rather than just going from weapon spot to, to weapon spot. There, there was good right. connective tissue in there. And, yep. you know, really good compliment to the uh, Okan Tenzan match. That match was all about emotion and selling and character work. And this one was all about the, you know, the violence and the weapons and the spots. So just, it felt like the hottest feud and, and matches of the whole tour. And that heat is something that Empire are, are doing brilliantly with. You know, they've had some of the hottest feuds at Wrestle Kingdom. Came out of Wrestle Kingdom with straight losses, pissed off, looking to take out on some soft targets, but they pick the wrong dads to fuck with it's a great story so simple but so good and yeah. let's throw flowers at Kojima as well for the effort some of those bumps he took which he we absolutely could have hand waved with no objections but he, he did it he took his lumps here and I thought they did a tremendous job yeah I thought it was um, what what you mentioned was was my my key point the idea of 
having a match like this where, yes, it can get out of control with, you know, overuse of the weapons and the tables and the ladders and and all that nonsense. But, yes, as you described, that the connective tissue was there, that there was an actual wrestling match in there. Again, no DQ. We get it. But uh, it did feel like it was um, – there was something holding it together as opposed to just I'm going to hit you with something that's really you know, hard and you're going to do the same to me. Um, the lariat being the, 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 the biggest piece of that connective tissue. I will say this about you know, dangerous spots. Right. The two things that, that I will take away from this match when it comes to that is Kojima taking that fucking bump into the table. Um, perfectly. I mean, he went through that fucking table. Like there was no doubt <laughs> that table was breaking. Uh, and then the second spot that I that I found uh, pretty wild was the spot off the apron, uh, where uh, Osprey takes that big bump on a ladder that was set up. It felt like I had completely forgotten the ladder was there. Um, and that might be due to New Japan camera work or just you know them doing an excellent job keeping me focused on what was going on in ring-wise. But, yeah, when he took that bump off the, on, onto that ladder that was draped across the apron and the, and the guardrail, I had forgotten it was there when he did it. I was whoa, there we go. And he took a fucking nasty spill there. So, yeah, Osprey taking all the, the, the big bumps, taking all those, you know, minus the, the one shot into the table. From, um, But, yeah, it was it was well done. Again, Osprey did a lot of the heavy lifting when it came to the the shocking spots, but in ring, I thought it was was even better than the shock value of crazy bumps. Um, and I'll go so far as to say, again, having a no DQ gives them opportunity to kind of smoke and mirror some stuff. Um, I think they could have had a great match without it. You know what I mean? Like if they just built around just dodging the lariat I think they would have had a fucking stellar match even without all the bells and the whistles and all the smoke and the mirrors the smoke and mirrors helped I mean it gave them time to pause and to reset and to but you can get lost in that stuff real quick but they held it together I like the match a lot I mean I'm not calling this fucking match of the year but this was a different match that we don't normally see on a show that, you know, in the middle of January, it's not a bad idea. And to top it off, yeah, they did have the most interest and the most heat. And going into it, people were actually looking forward to these matches. I, th- I thought they hit a home run. I thought they did great. Japanese Retro Game Center says, which promotion will be the first to attempt to copy that Kojima Osprey match and who will copy it the most over the next five years? Look, to be honest, this the match actually reminded me of old WWF, WWE matches and, and in a good way. Like, you know, I'm thinking about the uh, a lot of the old, you know, Mick Foley matches like Triple H, Cactus Jack. Um, they had some great matches or, or Mick Foley against Edge, Mick Foley against Randy Orton. I think, you know, those are matches that I mentioned last week as, I think, good blueprints for this kind of match and I thought it it reminded me of that a lot in, you know, and that's, that's a compliment to it. So I, you know, this wasn't any sort of groundbreaking match. It was, it followed a, a formula that has been established by other companies and WWF over the years, but I, I thought it did it really well. Yeah. And I think the common denominator there though, is those matches had a build and a heat to it. You know, I mean, we keep throwing around the term heat, but 
Like there was interest and people cared, right? It was it, that that's a, it's an amazing thing when you do that. And it wasn't and it was small simple things. You know, the idea of Osprey and Okan, you know, previously in that tag match just won in the fucking fight and Tenzan and Kojima that were like, "All right, motherfuckers, let's go." Um and 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 the the match turning into that. And before that, you know, the uh the the angle with with Tenzan. Um Again, all just simple. We're here. We need to go here. We, you know, nothing complex. These aren't complex theories. It's here to here to here, and here we and we end here. Easy, you would think, but you know, it's made difficult. Um, I guess maybe easy, easy in theory, but hard to pull off. Maybe, but they did it, and that's why it worked. Main event then was. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Shingo Takagi in 30 minutes 40 seconds with a high-five flow. Hiroshi Tanahashi became the new Never Openweight Champion. So, yeah, this was a classic story. Tanahashi knowing how dangerous Shingo is when he's at full speed, so he tried to grind him down, slow him down, methodically take out Shingo's left knee. And probably the two best men in the company at work in a body part match, Shingo sold that sense of panic on of being on the back foot really well with things like Larrieting Tanner out of the ring so he could get a few seconds to recover and I liked him playing to Hiromu ringside and getting applause that was a nice little touch of faction solidarity as well so Shingo's knees used as the, the punctuation throughout the match to break up the alternating period of Shingo out muscling and bullying Tanahashi and then Tanahashi working the knee alongside his regular playbook and uh, a really nice sense of uh, escalation when Shingo start the foot wipes on Tanahashi's head to piss him off getting fired up and I mean, we don't often see an angry Tanahashi and that helped take the match up to the next gear and um, as Shingo was inviting Tanahashi to hit him in the jaw in classic uh, never championship match fashion he subverted that nicely by chop blocking Tanahashi's left knee and uh, turned his own tactics against him so it really just set everything up as a classic NJPW epic main event Shingo wrestling uh, a Tanahashi match in the first half and it's always good to see Shingo showing his range because he's he's so much more than angry lariat man he can sell he can work a leg and he's got an underrated sense of comedy as well like when he was doing the air guitar on Tanahashi's leg I thought that was great it really made me laugh so I, I really enjoy seeing him mix up his offense from his usual power moves to then like learning from Tanahashi throughout the match and sprinkling in a bit of leg work himself um, his selling, like I said, great. Like selling in the Cloverleaf, particularly good. Uh, you know, of course, the Cloverleaf has beaten his Lij teammate Naito in big matches before, and we saw Shingo trying to grab the ref. His, his eyes are closing. He starts puffing air. You really think he's about to tap out, and then down the stretch, it became more of a Shingo match. They went back and forth, jockeying for the big power moves like the Dragon Suplex, and of course, the legwork begins to pay off here with uh, Shingo not able to get full velocity for the pumping bomber at first. Got a really ugly head bump on the Made in Japan. Like, you know, if you want to be kind, you could spin that as uh, his knee was fucked, so he couldn't do it properly. But he's lucky Tanahashi didn't get hurt there. Uh, didn't quite manage to catch the high fly throw for the Death Valley driver counter either. But the the climactic moment of the match for me was uh, Shingo being able to grit his teeth and hit the full pumping bomber in spite of his bad knee. They built up to that really well. It was like great exclamation exclamation point on the match. But then he couldn't make the cover straight away. So. Uh, a really great moment after that with Shingo slapping Tanahashi and I think he was saying something about never belt so 
we got the obligatory never title, uh, elbow exchange, headbutt exchange, nice little sequence of Shingo going for another pumping bomber, but just just hesitating for a second because he's because of his bad knee, and that allowed Tanahashi to get in there first with a sling blade. Shingo kicked out at one. He's on his last legs, no, almost literally on his last legs. The knee again just fails him at the, the crucial moment when he tries last of the dragon. Tanahashi counters with another sling blade that led to the decisive pair of high five flows at the end. So I, I just love that every decisive moment of the match, Shingo was selling his knee for just a split second, nothing over the top, nothing theatrical. It was just like, ah, my knee, to allow Tanahashi to take advantage. So I thought, really great match, really nice instance of. of different styles combining nicely to produce something that I thought was definitely more than the sum of its parts. I think the match ranks right up there with some of the, the best that we saw at Wrestle Kingdom, right? I think this match will get match of year consideration. Um, will it win? I think that, you know, we still have a long way to go. I can't believe I even mentioned the term being that it's February 3rd. Uh February 3rd, uh, by the way, five days before my birthday. Five, five days. Uh, the match was spectacular. Match was fantastic. This, I had people texting me saying, this, I haven't seen a Tanahashi match like this uh, in what felt like a, a long stretch, a long time. Uh, I loved it. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was amazing. You know, when, I, when we were doing this show, and I had brought up the idea of why not Tanahashi? Let's stick Tanahashi in the never mix. Might be a good idea. I think we all salivated at the idea of Tanahashi and Shingo. And I think everybody kind of had in their mind what that match might look like. And I think we got it. <laughs> I think I think I think our dreams and uh, our wishes. They all came true. This match was fantastic. I don't know how Hiroshi Tanahashi finds a way to do it. He works so smart. He does work really, really smart and smartly. Um, And it's amazing how every little step of the match has meaning and builds for the crescendo at the end. Every little thing that he does makes sense. Never, I don't hear many people complain about Hiroshi Tanahashi and say, well, that didn't make sense. Or that, you know, he's not doing, you know, you don't hear, do you hear many selling complaints about Hiroshi Tanahashi, Joel? I, I don't. I don't hear them. Um, just a smart, maybe in my mind, in, in modern times, Maybe this just the most intellectually superior pro wrestler of my lifetime. He just knows how to con- construct a match and have it build and bring you down and then bring you back up and then bring you back up even further, drop you a little bit, and then away we go. Um, Shingo was outstanding as well. I- I've said it a thousand times. I think he's the most valuable signing New Japan has had. Um, in quite a while. I mean, you can argue Koto Ibushi might be locking him down, but aside from that, I really feel like he's he's like an MVP and an underrated MVP of the, for this company. Great match, fantastic uh, close to a to a really good show. And now we got Tanahashi with Never Gold, which makes things a thousand times more interesting to me. I think the matchups can be really fun. 
Uh, I'm excited about where we're going. Um, and where we're going happened seconds after the final three count. Yeah, you say matches. I mean, I I predict that he's going to have a one more never title match because, of course, we've got the post-match attack from Great Okan. Just tremendously executed. Took all the heat from the big feel-good Tanahashi win, put it on Okan. And in a lot of ways, this show was all about Great Okan and, and Empire. Made the show all about him. So how are you feeling about that rematch? Well, I, I mean, I I would be surprised if, if he didn't win, right, o- Okan. Um, I think that that's again another feather in the cap of Hiroshi Tanahashi of, of once again saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this guy a star." Um, I don't know if there's value in, in Tanahashi pinning Okan again. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think it, I think you might be right. The idea of oh, this is, this is great to have Tanahashi holding it might it might not be that long. It might be one done. Uh, which is pretty amazing. I mean, again, we're talking about we talk about Okan and how we've said from the fucking jump that this guy is he's he's gonna get a lot of attention. Uh, and I think this kind of speaks to that nice little singles belt for Okan. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I, again. It, I think the value of putting the title on Okan is better than me getting a boner over potential Hiroshi Tanahashi matches for a never title, right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm taking the selfishness out of it, I think it's the smartest thing that he can do. Yeah, and that's more of a, an investment than just having Tanahashi having great matches for the sake of it. You know, it's, Correct. It's building, is building the, up something. You're, you're investing in GameStop right now. Uh, Dan says, does, <laughs> does Shingo dropping the belt today open the door for an Ibushi versus Shingo title match? Shingo cashing in on his G1 victory over Ibushi Ooh. for all the marbles. Yeah, I think Ooh. that is the most likely destination for Castle Attack. I could see Ibushi versus Shingo for the titles at Castle Attack, and that's going to be terrific. Fucking great. I'm all in on that. That's, that's going to be fucking tremendous. Yes, I'm all. I want all that. I want all of that. I want that. I want that match for a world title that, that sounds sexy to me i'm i'm piped i'm piped i'm piped pumped <laughs> so, it's a great show overall really really impressive yeah. uh top to bottom the, the top three matches i thought all delivered in spades um we had a few road two shows at korakuin this week they're they're, they're good shows you know the kind of show that i'll have up in the background while i'm doing something else it's an easy Two hours, you know, it flies by four or five matches. You're getting less than an hour of actual in-ring time. So if you, you know, if you're not watching the entrances and the post-match stuff, then very, very breezy watches. You know, it hasn't been a slog at all to to get through these. And having Kevin Kelly doing English commentary helps a lot. I know a lot of the time he's in there by himself, which is a thankless task. And I thought he did really well with it. Uh, the most interesting, actually, you know, the matches have been good, but the most interesting things have been the promos. We've had some really funny stuff. We've had uh, Naito doing his impression of Honma. We've had uh, <laughs> we've had uh, Tamatonga cutting a promo uh, in, in fluent Japanese, a yeah. promo on the Iron Fingers, which I thought was great. And, and in the match today, he came out with a pouch, and Taichi is going straight after him, grabbing the pouch, and they're sort of going back and forth over it. And he snatches the pouch out of Tama's hands. And you know, ah, oh, he got it back, and the crowd are all excited. He opens up the pouch. 
and it's a roll of toilet paper oh. with the iron fingers drawn on it. And oh. that, David, it was so good. You got to go and watch it because it just showed Tai Chi's face, and Tai Chi was just like the absolute rage and loathing in his eyes. It was it was really really well executed. It sounds stupid me saying it out loud, but it was very very well done. It's like the pure trolling from uh, Tamatonga there. Uh, we've had some really funny promos with... Right, Ibushi, okay, he's your double champion. He should be promoting this match with Sanada, right. but he is getting involved in Hiromu and Sho. So Hiromu and Sho have got like this kind of sort of teen romance thing going on with Hiromu saying, oh, Sho, I really want to ask you something. I'm going to ask you a very important question now. And then Ibushi just comes in, like, you know, like mum bursting into your bedroom. Well, I brought you some milk and cookies, kids. How's it all going? <laughs> Plonking himself in between Mom! them. And they're like, oh, yeah, exactly like that. And Ibushi is just having the time of his life. He's, just, he's, he's off his head. He's just, he's on another planet, Damon. Yeah. But he looks so happy and he's enjoying himself so much that I, I can't bring myself to get too annoyed about him and Salada completely failing to, to build their match at all. Uh, but yeah, it seems like Ibushi's just given up on the hype in the Sanada match and is instead uh, going straight to hype for the anniversary show match with Hiromu, which the build to that uh, seems to be um, him fighting over the, the agency and the voice of show, which is an interesting way to build a match. But you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I like the fact that they're doing things differently. And and as uh, Nicole Buzlebicon said, it's great to see um, Hiromu's Chaotic, Hiromu getting uh, thrown off by someone else's chaotic energy. So there's just like a really fun interplay between the two, like, you know, the wacky, crazy Hiromu and Ibushi, and then Sho as like the straight man getting caught in the middle. And he's, you know, great sort of facial expressions, looking up at the camera, exasperated, like, oh my God, what, what am I stuck between these, these two head cases? So that's been a lot of fun. Um, what else have I got here? Despi and Ishimori going at it backstage, having big brawls, big beatdowns. Uh, Jay White just beat the crap out of Yoshihashi yesterday. Uh, the whole of Bullet Club just landing all their finishing moves. Ape shit, magic killer. Jay White did like every single one of his moves on Yoshihashi, and every time he pinned him, when he got to the three count, he'd lift his shoulders up. So I dare say there's gonna that, that's going to be playing into stories later down the line. Maybe we'll see Yoshihashi fighting for his pride, fighting for his revenge. But that was a very memorable moment. Uh, Louis says, how bold was it for Yotosuji to reach his goal of having a match with Naito to propose a Twitter campaign to let the higher-ups know it's the match people want? So Suji said that if he gets 50, I think he said 55,000 likes, mm-hmm. then he should get the match with Naito because he said that's, that's half of the... the viewers or something like I can't remember exactly what it was but he'd done the sums so uh, good luck to him with that and Cappy B says Okada has been a snarky bitch in post-match interviews the entire time they've been setting up the evil match specifically the hip wiggles as he was talking about the fans demanding it made me laugh really hard is he just being a wise guy because he has a self-awareness or could we see Okada turn heel over the course of the year perhaps as Jamie's turning face I, I don't see it as hard and fast as that I think Okada is someone who is you know can sort of in a fluid way slip between heel and face depending right. on who he's facing like, and you know and when he's playing the heel it's not pure heel he's just being a bit of a cocky arsehole depending on who he's wrestling against I remember one match in particular during the 2017 G1 against Kojima which was so good he was acting like such a little cock in that match and it's great and it you know it wasn't a full heel time but he was just being a little shit throughout that match and if you haven't seen it I, I definitely recommend you go and checking it out so uh, those are my takeaways from these uh, Coracle and Hall shows, which I guess will then bring us on to previewing New Beginning in Hiroshima, if that's okay with yeah, you, Damon, unless there's anything you perfect. want to add. No, I right, mean, so, you, you got that. 
Yeah. Um, so this starts on Wednesday, February 10th in Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall. We've got Gabriel Kidd, Yu Uemura Yotosuji against Kanemaru Desperado Suzuki. Second match, we have Master Huato against Bushi. So what looks like a sort of de facto uh, number one contenders match for the junior title. Uh, Bill's been okay. I mean, as 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 good as you're going to get between these two guys. The, the in-ring stuff has been pretty good. I expect this match to, to be decent. And I think Watto will be the winner here because I think is going to retain. So I, I don't think we're going to get Bushi versus Hiromu. So by virtue of the fact I think is going to remain junior champion, I expect Master Watto to beat Bushi here. Are you in agreement? Yeah, I can see the logic there. Uh, let me ask you this. How many... Uh, as the... As the as the Marks likes to say, uh, how many botches will we see in this Watto Bushi match? I'll set the over under number. Significant botches. Significant botches. I'm going to set the over under at two. Over or under two significant botches. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say under right. two because I think his work in these row two shows has been good. And, you know, admittedly, they are row two shows and they're multi man tag matches. But right. He, I think he's looking a bit more confident, a bit crisper, so I'm going to say fewer than two botches. There you go. Yeah. yeah. She disagrees. I'm just saying. <laughs> just the mere suggestion of a, a well-executed Master Watto match has caused her to express her vocal displeasure at that. So. Yeah. She's like, fuck that seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified, David, that when she grows up, if she is a New Japan fan, then she's going to end up liking her. You know, so, oh. you know, I'll bring her to Tokyo and be like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, Esther. Who's your favorite wrestler? Master Watto! Oh, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> but that's always the case, you know. You know, when you have kids, they tend to... Some of... Eh, you know what? I take that back. Because some do do like music and film and shit like that um, that their parents like just because it's what they grew up with. Blah, blah. But then there's other that completely rebel. They go the opposite way. Like I did. I went the opposite way. My dad was like Mr. Country Western music guy. Uh, and I was like, Fuck this. Give me Duran Duran. <laughs> My dad's listening to Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, and Willie Nelson. I'm like, give me Adam Ant. <laughs> I had a similar thing. My, my dad is just like not into sports at all. And then, of course, I ended up growing up being a massive Arsenal fan and still sort of sticks in my craw a bit because I know other people whose dads, you know, were Arsenal season ticket holders and, you know, took them to all the matches they didn't have to pay, but there's me having to pay out of my own pocket with my little weekend jobs to take myself down to Highbury. So it's not fair, Damon. Um, anyway, third match here is Yano Yoshihashi Goto Ishii Okada versus ELP, Ishimori Yudro, JY and Evil. I don't have great to say about that. Fourth match, Honra and Ibushi versus Naito and Sanada. Fifth match is the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Tangaloa and Tamatonga defending against Dangerous Tekka, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. They have done a really good job in, in these Korakuen matches this week in building it up. I think there's a lot of heat to this match. Uh, Taichi, in particular, has sold his uh, frustration and, and anger at having his iron fingers stolen. He's taken that really personally. And Zach as well, I think, sold his disappointment at losing today's match very, very well. So I'm, I'm excited for this match. I think the Wrestle Kingdom match was good, but I think this one will be better. They'll get more time to work. It's in a better spot on the card. I do think Dangerous Tech is going to win because it has really set them up as the baby faces. And I think Taichi is going to get that uh, big, glorious moment where he manages to get his iron fingers back. Because I you know, could be completely off base with this, but I think it might be time for G.O.D. to go back home. So I, I would say that they drop the belts here 
and spend a bit of time back in the States. So Tamatonga okay. can see his, his beautiful daughter because you know, I might... Uh, you know, I, I spoke to you off the air about this. Like, he's posting stuff on Instagram about like s- seeing his daughter's first steps on FaceTime, and that mm. and that really hits home for me with the, the prospect of me. You know, please God, it doesn't happen, but maybe having to spend some time away from my family. So it's not. It's out of a, a place of love that I say maybe it's time for God to go back home. Um, Although maybe, having maybe, said that, maybe 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 he can contact you, or you can reach out and share some experience <laughs> group, and some yeah. notes, right? Get have yeah. a bonding moment with God. Yeah, uh, that'd be nice. Because our daughters are the same age, you know, they were born at roughly the same time. So I, I think he's got a, 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 another child as well, actually. But anyway, um, that said, right, one caveat to this would be there was uh, some good post-match stuff with Gotto, who was on commentary today. Not even dressed for wrestling, in his casual clothes, jumping over the barricade at the end of the match to start laying into to Jay White and Riddles of Destiny. So, if God do retain, I think you've got a ready-made pair of challenges in the shape of Goto and Yoshihashi or Ishi Yoshihashi, whatever combination you want to go with. So there is a bit of doubt in my mind, but I do think Dangerous Tech is going to win. So, what are your expectations and thoughts going into this tag title match? Yeah, I think we get the payoff, right? I think we get the. Uh... Iron Fingers pay off. I think uh, Techers get a little bit of revenge. Um, if rumblings are accurate, right, that would be nice to have G.O.D. Uh, hop on a plane and get back home, see some family. That would be nice. Um, so, yeah, I think all the all the ducks are in a row for a title change and uh, uh, a second run for Techers. And main event is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with Hiromu Takahashi's first defense against Sho, which is a match that was... Very, very, very good in the best of the Super Juniors. I think this one should be on that level, if not better. The build has been a bit strange. Just it, it doesn't feel that there's much heat there because it's just they've been doing this sort of goofy angle with Ibushi, which has been funny, but not really a, a serious, intense wrestling angle. So that's been a bit of a miss, but I'm sure the match will be great. I expect Hiromi to win. This is one where I have a little bit of doubt. I, for some strange reason, I feel like there might be a change here, and and that's just just the pro wrestling watching gut feel kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 hesitant to say that there is and and fully commit, but I do have that strange feeling. So I'm, I'm just putting it out there. So, hey, Joel, it's fifty fifty. Show is going to win the title. How's that? Cowards. <laughs> Fucking cowards. Everything's 50-50. Oh, right. Forgot. Um, but it's going to be excellent. It's going to be outstanding. Dude, sometimes I hop in the, into our Discord. I, I know, shockingly. And and sometimes I hop into the Discord and I don't ban people. <laughs> or I don't have the undes- un- overwhelming desire to ban people. But I hopped in a, uh, a few times. And I see, I see a little bit of show disrespect. What's that? What's that about? Any idea what I'm talking about, Joel? Like, why are people hating on Joel? Or hating on Joel? Hating on show? What's the problem? I don't know. What have you seen? What are people saying? That he's not that good. That he's uh, overrated. That uh, he's not uh, uh, title worthy. He, you know get him back in the tag situation. I mean, it's not constant. 
But I've seen it, and uh, you know, I kind of want to hop in and be like, "Are you people out of your minds?" And they might. No, be just I can't. Fun. I can't agree with that. I think he's really no. good. I think maybe he's the only thing that I would say is a next step for him is more confidence and intensity on the microphone because he is an introvert, a self uh, self confessed introvert. But you know, that's okay. You don't need everyone to be your shingo on, on the microphone. I think having different personality types is. Uh, not always a bad thing. All right. It's probably that jerk forest. <laughs> <laughs> Typing in all caps. <sighs> I'm kidding. Maybe. Just going to let that one hang in the air as we move yeah. on to uh, Thursday, February 11th, New Beginning Day 2. Opening match, we've got Kid Uemura Suji against Doki, Zach, and Taichi. Second match, Kanemaru, Desperado, Suzuki versus ELP, Ishimori, and Yujiro. Third match, Wato, Sho, Honma against Bushi, Hiromu, Naito. Fourth match, Yano, Okada against Dick, Togo, and Evil. Fifth match, Doki, Zack, and Taichi. No, <laughs> Zack and Taichi and Doki are pulling double duty here. Uh, yeah, obviously something is wrong on the website here. So, Oh, no, they haven't updated it. Okay, so no, I know what's happened here. So the fifth match is not that. The fifth match is going to be the never openweight six-man championship match with okay. Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Goto defending against G.O.D. and Jay White. So, what do you think there? Do you think G.O.D. and Jay White are going to win the titles, or do you think Chaos get their revenge here? And I'm leaning towards Chaos getting their revenge, I think. Chaos yeah. retain the titles here. Me too. Me too. Can you see Jay White with the never six-man title? Nah, he's he's yeah, above he's that. Kinda, he's above that. I agree. I think it'll be a good match, though. Oh yeah! Oh, I think it'll be great. I really do. I think it. I think we're 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 talking about very good to great. Uh, it, it, look, I mean, what we saw before out of uh, what we all thought was just going to be a hand waved, never six man title defense with two of them. It turned out to be really fucking good matches. I think somebody had him on a, a, a match of the year list. Am I am I correct there, uh, Joel Abraham? Fifth fifth place. It was a fifth best match in any wrestling company of 2020. How about that? So uh, if, if it can if it can uh, if it can live up to those type of expectations, then we're in for a treat and a lot of talent in that ring. So I say they do it. And our main event is the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Championship match with Ibushi, his second defense against Sanada. There's just no heat to this. None. They, like, None. Sanada is not capable of promoting a match. He's just, he doesn't no. have the pro wrestling brain for it. He's got the good looks. He's, he's pretty good in the ring, but he's just, he can't, he can't do it. He can't push himself those extra levels. Like, he, he, he did okay with the evil match at WrestleKingdom, to be fair. Like, he tried, at least, in the build-up to that to show a bit of intensity to sell it as a grudge match. But here, it just seems like the pair of them have made absolutely no effort whatsoever, which is really disappointing. And, you know, Kevin Kelly was doing his best to make excuses for them. You know, he was saying, like, oh, when their G1 match, it was at the end of a grueling competition, they were both exhausted, which, yeah, I'm sure they were, but... That's so is everybody exactly. That's that hasn't stopped. You know, people like Naito and Kenny and uh, Tanahashi Ibushi, Ibushi J White from knocking it out of the park in years gone by. Um, you know, their G one final match was 
good. It was a very good match, but it wasn't up to the G1 final standards. Will this one be better? I don't know. I hope so, but I'm not holding my breath for it. So it just it feels ice cold. I'm sure it won't be a bad match, but will it be a, a great match? I'm I'm doubtful, Damon. Uh, it's funny because you mentioned like the 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 you know exhausted after. I mean, you got fucking Jay White gives gives a a a career defining promo post Wrestle Kingdom main event. He found the energy to, to and to find the uh, the creativity for that promo. I have no interest. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I am like Ethel Merman. I don't care. Um, I don't give a shit about Abushi and Sonata match. I like Koto Abushi. I don't give two fucks about Sonata. It, and and they have done nothing, nothing with a capital to get me even remotely juiced up for this match. I will watch it because it is on. That that I can't. That is that is the biggest wet noodle take of 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 any. But I will watch it because it is there and because they put it in front of me. But to say that I have any excitement. And they have given me no excitement. What, what, what am I going to say? And when they announced it, when he walked his stylish, well-groomed, tailored, suited ass to the, to the ring at Wrestle Kingdom, that's where it began. The... Uh, 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 I don't care. Does any... Honestly, Joel, does anyone care does anyone care even People- Shingo Shingo was on commentary for these Korakuen shows and he said um, they'll, they'll figure it out on the night you know when we're talking to the lack of we're talking about the lack of build for this match so just the, the fact that we have people on the English side and the Japanese side making excuses for these guys where we can see uh, Okan and Tenzan Building up a fucking like nuclear heat for their match over stupid Mongolian chop is just yeah, right. it, it's a disappointment here. I mean, Flynn asks us, is there a chance Sonata wins? One successful defense reign is quite normal Zero. for the first one. Sonata would be too much of a dork if he loses again, right? No, I, I think he loses again. I can't see him winning it. Yeah, I, I, you, you gave a three percenter. I'm giving a 0.023 percent. I, um, imagine if that happens, Joel. What would happen? What would what would happen to your to your to your life at that point? What would what would happen to your the chemical composition in your body if there's a three count and Sonata is holding that fucking title? What would happen? <laughs> Stupid, expressionless himbo face, <laughs> Don't holding up the belts like he's holding up his weekly shopping. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, would we end the show immediately? I, 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 I would just text. You, I would just text you and be like, "All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done." It, this is a cold open to next week's show, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it is. It's. Uh, I, I. That would be nightmarish. It'd be nightmarish. But they, the, the, even New Japan, even New Japan, in in the chaos that was COVID filled 2020, and now COVID filled 2021, they. 
they're not even that ballsy to pull a move like like evil's one thing. Sonata, no fucking shot, right? Tell me there's no fucking shot. Tell me there's no fucking shot. Now I'm talking myself into these (laughs) these knuckleheads are going to do something ungodly stupid. Tell me that there's no shot. Not for me. Not for me, David. I mean, people say, oh, you can't lose another uh, another title challenge. Yes, he can. You know, they booked it. (laughs) They bought their tickets. They knew what they were signing up for. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. Uh, all right, so there you go, Abushi. Uh, let's let's end this and end this now. Then, then Shingo then comes out point. to challenge. Yep, and we'll yep. set off okay. a castle attack. Perfect. Now we're talking. Now, with that being said, I don't want to see Sonata challenge for any of those fucking titles for three years. I don't want to see him in a ring challenging for a heavyweight title or winning a new Japan Cup or doing anything like that for three years. In fact, I don't want to see him in the ring for three years, <laughs> be truthful. But, okay, but, like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous at this point. Just, let's, let's, he's, he is the, the, the perfect chef's kiss February title defense. Yeah, uh, with a big, fat time he's done it as well. He, he did it, he was doing that spot in, 2018 as well. Um, Andrew asks us, Kota Ibushi is the first Japanese non-dojo talent to win the IWGP title since Kensuke Sasaki in 2004. Do you think Sonata will be the next one or is he forever the bridesmaid? Do you do you ever see him winning this title, Damon? I, look, I said it about Evil. I was like, there's no way he's a... Because I remember someone even asking that question, Evil, specifically. I was like, no fucking way. Dude, I don't want to say never. Never say never. But I, I just can't see it, man. I don't care how much I don't care how popular he is with the fucking crowd live. I I just cannot fathom them giving them a, 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 that title. I just like honestly, you know how the world imploded when they gave it to Evil. I, I'm going to be in the camp of I I don't think I can watch this shit if he's going to be the fucking champion. I'm I'm that serious about it. And now people are like, please let him win. I'll never have to hear his voice again. Um. Yes. Um, uh, uh, if they gave him the title, Joel, would you seriously consider, is this shit for me? No, I, c- I could see the oh. logic behind it as a guy who is popular with the domestic fan base, but that would be, for me, uh, much harder to swallow than any of the evil Dick Togo shenanigans. Oh, that would be brutal. All right, but it's not going to happen, so let's, let's, let's think positive thoughts. Alright, uh, Mark says, any interest in newly released former WWE star Lars Sullivan in New Japan? Maybe a JR Kratos versus Lars Sullivan feud on New Japan Strong. Uh, not for me, thank you. Nope. Next. Hard pass, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, Mus says, I know you both think Osprey is the next guy, but besides him, who would you like to see move up the card this year and make a challenge for the heavy queue? So, anyone who has not... Shingo. Yeah, oh yeah, Shingo. Yeah, he's the guy then. He's getting the next challenge at Castle Attack. And hopefully not the last time. I would love to see him in and around that picture as a heavyweight title challenger. I think you could even have Jeff Cobb being a challenger for that belt. I wouldn't have him winning it, but I think he's more than good enough and, and imposing enough to be a filler title defense and, you know, like a destruction or Don Taco or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Yeah, nice. 
Uh, on to Discord questions. Uh, Boo says, who had a better week working all the smarts on Twitter? Ibushi, Tama, Jay, or New Japan as a whole with the Kenta Mox program? Um, New Japan, I mean, fell into it. You know, they... I don't think they really worked anybody in the sense of stringing people along. Uh, probably the J thing, right? If, if we're talking about, you know, building the anticipation and building the questioning and, you know, all, all the things that they did. On he the made a load of people side. watch the fucking Royal Rumble. So. <laughs> right, exactly. There's <laughs> a perfect example. Yeah, uh, uh, that gets my vote. She also says, where would you place Road to the New Beginning show Night 5 in the pantheon of New Japan big shows? Is it before or after Dominion? And Boosh says, after Big Melts desecrated the good name of Road to the New Beginning Night 5, is it safe to say the future Road to New Beginning Night 5 shows will never recover from that damage ever again? Uh, do, do you, are you following her? Did you see what happened? I, I, think, I think she's saying that uh, a Road to Night 5 might not be... Uh, Ranked it up there with like Starcade and uh, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't call it a big show personally. Yeah, okay. I get it. I got you. I got, I'm with you. I'm, I'm okay, a vase collector says one. How does kayfabe tend to work in Japan when it comes to guys doing crossover promotions, having social media presence and such? Does the media tend to play along more? Uh, is it easier yeah. to live the gimmick there? I mean, yeah, you got like Tokyo Sports helping to push angles and storylines, don't you? I mean, to, to to a large extent, and I just think the the way that, and again, I don't want to speak for people, but it, just in my experience, in uh, the friends that I have, um, it it is, it, it's it's a nice mix. You know what I mean? They're able to turn stuff on and off rather easily, and kind of enjoy sit back and enjoy a show from. I don't want to say a kayfabe perspective, but you, you you know what I'm saying? Like they're able to easily disconnect themselves and and just sit and enjoy it as a fan as opposed to the analyzation and the critiquing and again we do this because i think we were built in a way of sports and i think sports has a lot to do with that like like the people who complain about like there are new pockets of new japan fandom that are just like i don't want to hear the analysis i don't want to hear the i just want to sit and enjoy the show and i get that I think the more people that do enjoy the analysis and the stats and the fucking notebooks and the fucking everything else are people who probably have a, a bit more of a sporting background, right? They like, they enjoy their hockey. They enjoy their football. They enjoy it. You know, that's, so they try to incorporate those elements of, of that, what they like there into this kind of pseudo sport. So yeah, there you go. Speaking of pseudo sports, Dan says, in a major announcement, New Japan and Takeshi's Castle are collaborating for a major show. It's aptly called Castle Attack. Which two wrestlers are fighting in the main event, which also happens to be an event from Takeshi's Castle of your choice? Wrong answers only. I've never watched Takeshi's Castle. Have you, Damon? So Takeshi's Castle, correct me if I'm wrong, They it morphed into a, an American offshoot, like all good things do. Um, and it was called MXC. Um, here in the States, and they had like two comedians do voiceovers for it. Um, so that was really my first exposure to it was through MXC, um, which I, 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 I enjoyed. I got to be honest with you. Uh, like, I don't know, two wrestlers and we need – so they have this one thing where they have to sprint, and they, there's, there's like four sets of walls. And oh yeah, I, I, I think I've seen that one in different shapes, right? And they've got to go through the wall, mm-hmm. and some of them are just like like 
you're hitting wood or you're going through uh, you know like paper. Okay, can we can we put um, Honma and Jado in that contest? Perfect. We're done. Great. Too much thinking. Uh, are you ready for the weekly insane mix or clicks question? Dear Damon and Joel, <laughs> they are crazy. Yeah, I hear the name and I'm like, uh, they're always weird questions. But okay, yeah, let's hear it. Let's go. Is, are... is it a, is it a rambling one? Oh, again? It's, it's it's completely outrageous. Uh, humans are inventive people. There must be a way we as humans can voice displeasure at appropriate heel heat times without using our mouths. Perhaps a bamboo tube we could bang our palms against, a hollow wooden box we could stomp on, or some sort of small brass or woodwind instrument with a bellows or accordion-like device attached. Maybe we can mm-hmm. inspire a new Japan sponsor or Money Mart, whatever, to take up the challenge. At worst, maybe we could talk Rocky and El Phantasmo into trying to build competing devices in their garages. How about, mm. Damon, a Vuvuzela with a surgical mask attached to the end? Mm. Well, i got to be honest with you. When uh, the, the, the Vuvuzela, the... Yeah, those things... I don't. I don't like. I see thunder sticks being incorporated a lot too. I hate those things. Those things. Are... Um, I think when I have trouble expressing myself, Joel, I think I shared this in the Discord before. I like to stick my dick out of it <laughs> <laughs> and make it's, elephant noises. It's five hundred um, people in Corakuen Hall doing their elephant impression. <laughs> Pull out your pockets, kids. Um. I, I, so the question is: Is we need a, a a a thing to express our anger in real life? No, no, because people can't boo at these New Japan shows. Right, uh, they're looking for a solution to that. So an alternative to going boo with your mouth. How about a whoopee cushion? Just far. <laughs> yeah, off. yeah, that's a good. <laughs> in here, just <laughs> oh, come. <laughs> Uh, all right, Steel O'Neill says, if New Japan had to fund a horror film to stay afloat, what would it be? Uh, who would be in it, and what would it be about? Yano as Pennywise the Clown, Goth Jericho as the Babadook, Yoshihashi as the sexy alien lady from Species. So I would have. I, my... I got a name for it. I got a name for the horror film. Yeah, it's called World Tag League. Ah, oh, come on, Damon, referee, get in there. Uncalled for. Um, I, I'm picking my favorite film. I love my favorite horror film. My favorite film, the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Instead of Leatherface, the uh, cannibalistic villain, we're going to have Yano there. But instead of attacking people with a sledgehammer or chainsaw, he's going to be attacking people with um, the corner pads. Um, what other weapons does he use? The <laughs> DVD filled with talcum powder, um, the surgical tape. So, yeah, there, there's my answer. Uh, any horror yeah. film, New Japan wrestling yeah. crossovers for you? So... Um you're familiar with the the uh, B movie classic, the uh, was it the Night of the uh, Killer Tomatoes, I believe it's called, um, Killer Tomatoes, something along those lines, uh, and the returning Maria Canellis will be starring in this uh, epic film, uh, where we paint her buttocks in a ruby red, and the her buttocks uh, smothers and murders. New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, stars. Um, so uh, the the red buttocks is nicknamed a killer tomato. Um, and she goes on a killing spree um, until uh, the world is saved by a, re- a returning Amber Gallows. Thank you. 
That's a brilliant idea. I can see you thought about this one, Damon. You must have seen the questions beforehand. We'll, we'll Literally made it up off the top of my head. Thank you very much. The appropriate people are trying to make it happen. Uh, okay, two more questions. Cola Blue says, in a dark timeline where the pandemic gets even worse, if New Japan was put out of business, what do you think would be a fitting end? Huge elimination tournament to unify all the belts, showcase with all the baby faces winning, burn through all the protected matches in one night. Uh, it would be a, a 50-foot-high scaffold that we would just throw wrestlers off of. <laughs> and last the, man the, standing. Last man standing, that's it. We're going to go out with, we're going to go out, uh, with a bang. Uh, I would have it like uh, Battle Royal, the film. So they're all wearing explosive neck collar devices. And uh, they've got three days. And if there's more than one person alive at the end of the three days, then everyone dies. Gotcha. Who's winning? I say, I, I say a giant orgy. Like, <laughs> and the last guy to come is the winner. <laughs> who's who's winning hold then? Out. Who's, who's the last guy to come? Yeah. Uh, probably Sinana, somebody. Because he can't get excited for any fucking thing. Duh! Probably right. Uh, I was gonna go old guy because he probably has like prostate issues and he can't fucking you know. Some he's having he's sitting in a corner jerking off trying to get hard. She's trying to get he's trying to get in the mix but he can't he just can't fucking you know he's all nervous. Why is this happening? <laughs> oh, oh, I need to, somebody to eat my ass. I don't think we can top that, so <laughs> end the podcast there. Uh, RedCircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we, we are very grateful for donations, even though we don't know who makes them. So thank you, anonymous people. We like the money. Yeah. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes if you want to join all the uh, fun people over there. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super j cast if you want to buy one of our great t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. You never know, you might get some pastrami treats in there. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.